I'm going to go over five marketing strategies for small business. Number one, guest blogging. Guest blogging is still a fantastic way to get traffic to a new website, to a new business. Pretty much any kind of traffic you want to get from external sources can be generated from just guest blogging alone. Now, a lot of businesses don't do this because it's time consuming and it requires some hustle. You essentially have to reach out to blogs that will accept your writing. Then you have to write a thousand words, maybe even two thousand words on that publication. And you can't really brag about yourself because then, well, no one's going to publish that. They want you to provide helpful content. They want you to provide content that would help their readers. Because what's in it for that blog? That's what you have to think about. But how do you get traffic when you don't have any? Well, it's by guest blogging. It's a fantastic marketing strategy. Aside from creating your own content, guest blogging is the way to get people to your site. Let's assume you don't even have a blog. Well, then guest blogging is the way to go. It's a way to collaborate with major publications. It's a way to build your credibility, your authority. It's truly one of those underrated, underutilized approaches for marketing. And even today, I've seen businesses not want to do guest blogging because it's time consuming. And the fact is, is there's a lot of rejection. A lot of blogs will not accept your writing or your writing isn't good enough and you have to keep re-editing the words that you've put out there. And the fact is, is who wants to create content for someone else? Well, the fact is, is that's where the traffic is. So if you want some traffic, then guest blogging is the way to go. Now you can do the best possible job with your own SEO, your own content, your own publications on your website. But if you're new to this world, the fact is, is you won't rank highly and you will be competing with blogs that have years and years of established SEO. So in order to go beyond this SEO struggle, it's to create content on already established websites. So definitely look into guest blogging. I think you'll find that that's what's going to get your name out there. Especially if you've been creating content, even for years and years, you've been creating blog content. I've seen time and time again from bloggers or website owners or small business owners where they don't have any traffic coming to their website, but once they start doing guest blogging on major websites, that's when things start to finally grow for them. So just remember, you want to do guest blogging on major websites, not little websites that don't have any traffic, right? That's not going to get you, it's not going to get you very many results. And the return on investment in terms of your time, it's negligible. So you have to look at your time and say, well, what's going to last long term? Well, guest, blo 
guest blogging is going to last long term. Your article lives on forever unless that blog closes down. But that kind of traffic, you can't get that kind of traffic from running online ads unless you want to spend a bunch of money. But of course, we're talking about small business here and you might not have the budget. Well, guest blogging is your answer. It doesn't cost you anything other than your time. And obviously, that's something to look into. Okay, number two is video. I still think that video is not being used by small business. I think video has tremendous opportunity to humanize your brand, to talk about your behind the scenes, to talk about your journey as a small business owner, to talk about your journey as any kind of creator, really. And people want to see that. People are interested in what you have to talk about. And they want to see you. They want to see your personality behind the camera. They want to see you talking about things that matter to you. So video content is something that I think a lot of people can still do. Even though YouTube has been around for well over a decade now, I still think YouTube has a place. I don't see it going anywhere. It's the number two search engine. People can continue to create content, video content on YouTube. Why do I like video content? Well, what you can do with video is you can extract the audio, make it a podcast. You can do screenshots of your video. There's your imagery for, I don't know, posts across social media or sharing it with your friends and family. So I like the documentation aspect of video. This is why, as a marketing strategy, if you could just grab a smartphone or if you, even better if you got an SLR camera and you shoot videos of, even if it's just yourself, like what I'm doing right now, talking in front of the camera, just sharing your thoughts and your ideas, and advice, if you could just document that as a very simple first step, I mean, it won't take that much time out of your day. You could do a five minute post, 10 minute post. I mean, it doesn't have to be that long, but video is sort of like the next step beyond the blog. The blog's been around for years and years and years. Video is this next logical step of, of a blogging era essentially. So it was blogging, now it's kind of vlogging, and then podcasting is also taking off. It's seeing tremendous growth, so that's probably the next piece. But video, video is great because, well, it gives you many forms of content. So you're not reinventing the wheel every time you're trying to create content. This helps, especially if you want to do guest blogging. Well, you could throw in a video to your guest blog and you've added some tremendous content there. So think about it in a very simple way. Everyone has a smartphone. Anyone who's watching this probably has a smartphone. So you can probably start documenting your day behind the scenes. You could do entrepreneur struggles. You can do motivation videos. You can do daily routines, morning routines. You can talk about what you had for breakfast. I mean, people love watching this kind of stuff. So think about that. Think about 
what you can do and see what kind of video content works in your situation. Another piece is social. Yes, social media. I don't see this going away, so I would suggest focusing on one or at most two social media platforms where you can grow. Why do I suggest one or a maximum of two? Well, what I'm seeing with a lot of small businesses is that they start several social media accounts, I don't know, five, ten, and they just try a bunch of different things in terms of their content strategy on each platform without really having a specific sort of strategy in mind or sort of a schedule in terms of content. So a lot of it's just maybe spray and pray for them and they're not consistent. Actually, I'm okay with spray and pray, but I would really want you to be consistent with what you're doing. So you don't want to just create content and then, I don't know, two months later, you decide to create your next piece. You need a consistent schedule. So it's almost like a series of content. And if you could do this on one platform, you're really going to build an audience that way. But if you struggle to focus on one platform and you're on the next platform and the other one, it's going to be very difficult to succeed on social media. And then you'll sort of be all over the place. Now, some people would say, well, you can create content on one platform and then share it on the other platforms. Yeah, you could do that. But what I'm finding is that if you decide to create and then share a link on another platform, that link gets lost and a lot of people don't actually see it because every social media platform wants you to stay on their social media platform. They don't want you to go onto YouTube. If, if you're on Facebook, your customer's on Facebook, well, Facebook doesn't want you leading someone off of Facebook. So they're going to push your link down in the feed and you're not going to get the promotional benefits as you would by creating native content on a platform or two. Also, notifications take up time. If you're a small business owner, you have a lot of priorities in your day. You don't have time to manage a bunch of social media accounts. Hey, if you can hire somebody, a team, or even one person to manage a bunch of accounts, great. But then you still have to keep on top of them. So the best thing to do is master one platform. Any marketer, any real marketer who's giving advice to start out to someone who's getting into the game of social media, well, a good marketer would suggest to master one platform, really get that platform down pat. Because if you're on a bunch of platforms, you're going to dilute your efforts. You're going to give a mediocre effort across the board. What you really want to do is deep dive into one platform. You'll see a lot more growth. You'll see a lot more traffic that goes to your website and I think you'll see a little bit more growth success and you won't get discouraged because you'll be seeing those numbers grow. Down the road, you can always put your eggs into another basket, but I'm telling you, there are some platforms that are not going away anytime soon. I don't see Facebook going away. I don't see YouTube going away. 
those are the, the two main ones. But then you also got Instagram. I think that will stick around. But that being said, it's owned by Facebook. So I'm a little concerned that Facebook might eat Instagram away or, I don't know, destroy Instagram. It's very much a possibility because, well, Facebook wants traffic to Facebook, right? They might want to try to figure out how they compare Instagram with Facebook. But anyway... Putting all that aside, how do you choose the right social media platform as your marketing strategy? Well, what you want to do is really look at your audience. Where is your audience? Look, if you are a, let's see, you're a parenting company and you sell products for parents, moms and dads, well, Instagram might be a really good one because you could do some photo sharing, you can do some behind the scenes of maybe your mom life, parent life, etc. So you could do that on Instagram. Now, maybe your focus is on moms, right? Well, maybe moms in their 40s who are professionals. Depends on your audience, but that kind of audience is hanging out on Pinterest. So you might want to be on there and master that. You really have to figure out where your audience is and then go there. And if you don't know your audience, well, choose a platform that you enjoy using, right? Because if you choose a platform that you don't enjoy using, you're not going to stick with it. And then it's going to be a complete disaster. You're not going to see any growth. So one, you want to have the platform where the audience is hanging out. And then two, you want to actually enjoy using the platform. So spend some time with it. Look, if you don't enjoy using it, well, either get somebody who does enjoy using it or use a different platform. The important thing is to stick with it, right? You're not going to see results overnight. Look, I'm creating videos, but I'm not going to see results on YouTube for a very long time. It could take years before a video decides to catch on. It could just take that kind of time. But if you stick with it, you'll see results. Also, don't let social media be this main strategy for your growth because social media is a landscape that's always changing. So I always would say if you compare some of these other strategies I've mentioned, you'll see more success on your social media growth. But the thing about social media is I always look at it as a way to channel traffic somewhere. It is almost like guest blogging, but on a site where you have control, you can say yes, right? You You can publish whatever you want on social media unless they decide to ban it, but you kind of have control on what you're posting on social media. You don't really have that with guest blogging. So that's where social media can come in is that you create the content, you create your schedule, and you stick with it. And nobody's really telling you that you can't post something within reason, of course. There's terms of service you have to be aware of, but once you figure that out, you get into a schedule, a routine, then social media can be beneficial. Now, I deleted a lot of my social media accounts because I believe that every account requires time and effort. Every notification I receive requires time and effort for me to answer, respond, comment. And if I can't be everywhere, it's better to be somewhere and effectively be somewhere, right? 
So just don't dilute your efforts because that's just going to turn people away. Responses and community management, all really critical as a new small business. You want to be responding to every comment, but if comments are on a number of different platforms, it might be tough to manage. Now, there are platforms like Hootsuite and Buffer where you can sort of manage content, but you have to figure out what makes sense for you. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's social media. Now, number four, well, number four is email. Email marketing is not going away. Despite what people will say, it's still the number one revenue generator. 44 to 1 return on investment. So you spend a spend a dollar on it, you get $44 on average. It's crazy numbers to think about, but that's the research. And maybe it's because setting up email marketing is really cheap. It's really cheap. It doesn't cost really anything. So anyone can do it. Anyone can set up their email marketing campaigns and build a list. What I like about email marketing is you own the list. You throw in an email box on your website, maybe on a couple blog posts that are high performers, start getting some email subscribers, you've got yourself a fan base of people who, well, they have to open your email. I mean, they don't have to, they can delete it, but they've shown interest. So they'd be more likely to open your email, click through, check out whatever it is that you're talking about. So I like email marketing for that aspect. Now I'm a little bit biased because I've been in email marketing for almost 10 years and I'm familiar with the systems and I can really quantify the results with email marketing. I can determine revenue per email and that's an important metric. I just think that for a small business, email marketing is a good strategy. Now, what kind of emails work today? Well, I have to say this five-minute coffee break concept is really kicking off. A lot of companies have actually built massive businesses off of this quick bite-sized headline type email where you're just sharing headlines and it's like quick coffee break type email. So somebody that's over an email, they can look at the headlines, click through, check out the articles that make sense to them. I have that for my blog where I just share all of the blog posts each month and people can click through. And I think it's really effective because, well, you can't really give specific content that tailors to everyone. So if you're going to do general emails, which is maybe what you have to do to start, a simple monthly newsletter is the way to go. Do a simple headliner type email. Headlines linked to blog posts or other content, what have you. So you can call it like the five minute coffee break as a subject line. And people will eat that up because, well, time is really important. People don't want to be spending too much time reading emails. So nice short headlines, plain text, that's all you need. Doesn't take any time at all. That's what I would recommend. Set that up, it's automated, it's out of the way, it's a marketing strategy that takes no time at all to develop. 
monthly newsletter, and you're set. Now you can go a little bit more complex, and honestly, it's not that much more complex. It's something that can be done in a day, but set up an automation series. So you've got welcome email, you've got maybe an education email followed up a couple days after the welcome email. Then after the education email, you have maybe more education, more tips, advice, some point along the way, maybe the sixth or seventh email, you give out like a free video call, video chat, depending on what it is, a coupon so that you convince people to buy. You might do that right away if you're e-commerce. You might give away a coupon at the beginning. That's great. Maybe a white paper if you're business to business. So some sort of resource to capture the attention. This is what you need to look at. This is what's going to get people reading your content, is if you're helpful. I talked about the concept of helpful marketing. You've heard like invasive marketing, you've heard permission marketing from Seth Godin. I'm coining the term helpful marketing. I, maybe someone else has come out with it, but I don't know, I haven't heard much about it. And it's where you're focusing on educational content, content that actually helps people. Okay, there's no benefit to you, and all you're doing is literally giving content. You're not selling anything, you are not spamming anything, you are just giving tips, advice, how-tos, and you're not asking for anything in return. That's a little bit of a different shift than the typical, here's a bunch of stuff and buy my book. That's a turnoff. You see... If you approach life by being helpful, things will start to shift for you. People will start to care about what you have to say. But a lot of people don't want to do this. They don't want to help. So even if somebody gives you permission, it doesn't mean you should be giving them a bunch of stuff and then blatant call to actions to sell something. No, no, you should just be genuinely helpful and be human. That's helpful marketing. So that takes it a step beyond permission marketing because permission marketing, obviously, <laughs> a permission mar marketing gets abused like you wouldn't believe. Here's an example. So I gave someone permission to be a Facebook friend for with me on Facebook. And then five minutes later, they messaged me to sell their services. They got permission marketing, but they quickly ruined their permission by selling me stuff. They weren't interested in getting to know me, where I was from, or having any kind of dialogue, or actually trying to help me. So they, they lost out. You see, they weren't interested in... They weren't interested in being a connection, okay? They're just trying to sell their MO, their, their end goal, which I wasn't buying. I mean, people are really intelligent these days. They're not interested in being sold to. So look at it in terms of helpful marketing. If you're going into email marketing, social media as well, I mean all of these strategies, but especially with email marketing. Call to action that says learn more 
on your email actually is more valuable than buy now. So think about that. Learn more converts better than buy now. Something to think about when you're packaging your emails. Okay, the last strategy. And I think this is the best one and often the least used option for small businesses. We like to hide behind our computer screens and not really get people to come see us. That's a problem. So this last strategy is about grassroots. Okay, It's about getting back to the basics, which would be events, exclusive things that are in-person, face-to-face. We're craving this more than ever before. In previous videos, I talked about loneliness and this craving for connection. And this is all connected. This is all a psychological thing. Marketing and psychology are highly intertwined principles. And I have to say, with marketing, your one-to-one connections are what will grow your business. You connecting with people on a highly meaningful basis, that's what's going to grow your business. So maybe you are a yoga studio and, well, you depend on your website to get new clients, but it's not working out so well. Well, this is what I've seen and this is what I would recommend. And I've seen top marketers suggest this as well. So this isn't just me that's saying this, but the suggestion is that you contact everyone you know, whether it's by email, phone, text, whatever, whatever you can do. You compile this list of people and you tell them next week you're doing a live event, bring your yoga mats, it's going to be a fun event, and we're going to do, going to do a little 90-minute routine, and it's going to be fun. Bring your friends and family. And you book a studio and you pump it up and it's this huge event. Guaranteed you will get significant revenues from this. You will have long-term customers from this. People will come back for more and more and more. But it starts with your current network. It starts with your current connections and reaching out and having this dialogue and getting back to the grassroots. This isn't about being on social media per se. This is about connecting one-to-one with people and saying, hey, got a special exclusive event. You're a VIP to me and I want to have you out here. And I think it'll be really fun. And that kind of personal connection, it's going to go a long way because you're finally... You're finally getting to the human touch, and that is irreplaceable. doesn't matter what you do online, that live event, that's going to stick with people for the rest of their lives, right? If you make it something special, right? So think about all of that. Think about experiences that you can create for your audience. Think about something that's meaningful to your audiences. And using these five strategies, I think anyone can kind of carve out a niche for themselves. They can stand out and 
they can truly grow a business this way. If you just start with these five, some of this can be automated. Email, that's an automated thing. It's an automated structure. You can build the foundation and have it run on autopilot. It doesn't take much time. And you need this kind of structure because before you drive traffic to your website, well, it would be helpful that you have an email set up. So that's something you can build. This idea of living in the technology age and living online and giving these superficial likes and comments, I, I think it's... I mean, it's a good start. It's better than nothing. But you honestly need to look at the five strategies I mentioned and look at it with intention. Look at it with a desire to build out these spokes. Because you have a product, you have some sort of thing that you're trying to sell, a service maybe. You are trying to get this out into the world and into the masses. You need to look at marketing as a way to stand out. It doesn't matter if you have artwork, you're an entrepreneur, this is all really critical stuff. Otherwise, you have these passions, you'll have these desires, you'll have these things that you really want to share with the world, but nobody will ever find out about them because marketing wasn't thought through. And spend some time, take some intentional steps with your marketing. I think you'll see tremendous benefit with it all. Okay, I think I'm going to wrap it up. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Toodles.